Welcome to the Leadership Conversations podcast. I'm your host, Jono White. I'm the founder and principal consultant of Clarity. We are an Australian-based consultancy that works with leaders around the world, and our passion is to invest in people to become everything they're meant to be in order to fill the world with healthy organizations that people love to work for and customers line up to buy from. The goal of this podcast is to invest in you and your leadership. If you're just joining us for the first time, then feel free to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there. The most popular being our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from around the world in all different sectors give their in-depth answers on leadership, what books they love, what they found most challenging, uh, the most meaningful stories, how they how they structure their time through the day. That's free, so go and check it out. And we'd love to interview you about your leadership. I believe you have advice from your experience, your context, and your life so far that is important and can help other leaders. It's also a great way to give back. It's free to get involved, and you can do so by going to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest, or just Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form that pops up. We have a free resource for you on our website. It's called Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook. It has interviews with 10 world-class leaders, and you can go to consultclarity.org. It's right at the top and get that today. Uh, we also have a daily email that we send out to over 15,000 leaders, and that email contains the highlights, our best content from our podcasts, our blog, uh, my book, uh, the books that we're loving that are out there about leadership, it's also the best way to get access to our masterclasses and workshops before anyone else. And there's also exclusive and limited uh, special options just for subscribers. And you can subscribe by going to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe. Now, my gift to you is to work incredibly hard to provide the best leadership content I can to invest in you and your leadership. So if you're finding our content helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, then your gift to me uh, could be this. If you, if you do find it helpful, then write a review or rate our content and make sure you subscribe or follow. I can't emphasize enough how helpful that is. It really does help us to get the word out there so we can invest in more leaders to become everything they're meant to be. It also means a lot to me personally when people like you and people in our community share our content on social media. So if you do that, then please do look for me, Jono White, to tag me and look to tag Clarity uh, on whatever platform you're on. And our team, including me, I, I'm always looking to see when people have mentioned us so that I can engage with you. And also we look at sharing content. So if you, if you write something about something we've done, there's also a good chance we'll share that with our followers. So if you could do that, that is a massive, massive help as we try to invest in as many leaders as we can around the world. Last of all, you can check out my book about how to deal with difficult people even if you hate conflict. It's called Step Up or Step Out. It's available on Amazon. You can just look up Step Up or Step Out, John o. White, or you can go to store.consultclarity.org forward slash book and check it out there. I 
have coached leader after leader after leader and in more than 50% of the sessions, this topic comes up. How do I deal with this person? I'm finding it really difficult and, and I just wanna find a way that doesn't blow up to do a really, just to have a difficult conversation, to lead them better. How do I do that? There's a three-step process that I outline in this book that I believe can help you. Okay, let's get into today's episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast. Today's guest is Anthony Conti. Anthony is the president of Fair Trade Outsourcing and founding partner of Lumiqualis. And I'm really looking forward to our chat today. Welcome, Anthony. Thank you very much, Jonah. Nice to be here. Yeah, it's great to chat. First of all, tell us a little bit about what you do. What I do? Well, I do a variety of things. So currently, as president of Fair Trade Outsourcing, I run the vast majority of the operations for that business. It's a social impact business, meaning we have a dual purpose, social purpose, financial profit, and we balance the two. Currently, I oversee HR, finance, operations, and IT. Uh, and then on my, in my spare time, I also am founding partner for a company called Lumiqualis. And in that business, it's a startup, not even a year old. And I am doing a lot of the key setup there as well around the same general areas, operations, HR, finance, uh, and helping to support the engineering organization with Lumiqualis. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you for that overview. Uh, I'd love to hear some of your story. And for listeners, I know this is always a real joy. You know, what are some of the moments for you as you look back, even as far back as childhood, where you think, uh, you know, they were some really pivotal moments that shaped you to become the leader and the person you are today. Yes, well, okay, going back to childhood. So, you know, there's there's probably numerous stories, obviously, that shaped who I am. As with everyone, we're, we're shaped by many, many days of our lives that impact, you know, who we become. My, my father probably did a lot of the shaping and influencing of who I am today, especially as a leader. Uh, he encouraged me to always challenge, always think, uh, always look for alternate opinions. You know, don't ever just accept, you know, what you see. He was he was a huge, you know, fan of of reading and absorbing information, and you know, he really pushed me to to do the same in all of my decisions. He encouraged me to take risks. Uh, don't just sit in a comfort zone you know, push things a little bit. Uh, and, you know, that that influence early on really helped shape who I am, even though it took me, obviously, several years of my career, probably many years of my career to get fully comfortable with that. And a lot of those concepts yeah. were challenging for a young person to really wrap their head around. Uh, but I did find as I started to really get out in the work world and, and as, a, as an adult, you know, embrace some of those concepts and see and start to understand, you know, what he was talking about. You know, as a child, you listen to your parents and you, yeah, 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 that's fine, dad, that's fine, dad. Uh, but it does sink in and, you know, it does actually impact. And then I had some experiences, you know, through high school, uh, you know, just I, I was a big nerd, uh, was part of the future business leaders of America. I had a lot of interesting experiences <laughs> there. Uh, cool. It was actually my first leadership position because I was president of that club in high school. Uh, led me on to do some things in college uh, in leadership capacities with my fraternity and, you know, other organizations. And, 
that really just all those experiences wrapped up and led to who I've become. Uh, and a lot of that was before I even started working. So it's interesting that you, you absorb so much early in life. Yeah. I love hearing people's stories early in life. And um, it's, it's always, you know, at the time you have no idea what you're going to do in the future. And, but when you look back, it's, it's always fascinating to see where, who you've become and some of the things you end up really passionate about devoting your whole life to, you can sometimes look back and see, oh yeah, that was actually already there. I had no idea, but I can see that seed was there in, you know, that for passion in that area. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you, you absorb a lot of things when you're young that you don't really even realize until much later in life. So true. So I, I love uh, hearing you talk about your dad. Are there any stories that come to mind? You obviously picked up a lot from him. Are there any stories that come to mind that uh, for some reason have really stuck with you of how he handled the situation, um, his values, um, his work ethic, you know, anything that comes to mind that <laughs> has really stuck with you? Well, I mean, his work ethic was, was impressive. So he was, uh, you know, he started life out of college uh, as a teacher and, and he worked his way through college. His father didn't encourage uh, education, didn't encourage him to go to college. Uh, my father decided to do that on his own. And so there he had to figure it out on his own. Uh, it was a huge history buff. So he went to college, studied history, became a history teacher. Uh, what he found out very quickly is that it's very hard to support a family uh, being a history teacher. And, you know, he had me when he was very young. He was 21 years old when I was born. Uh, so he was still in college, graduated. So the work ethic that I saw in him, because he enjoyed being a history teacher, so his way of trying to make it work was to work two to three jobs and balance things. Uh, but the interesting thing is, you know, even though I knew he had three jobs, he was always still present. So somehow his, his work ethic uh, and his... Wow passion for family didn't really impact me. I didn't miss mm. him. He always still seemed to somehow be around. And when I think about that, mm. I just think about the efforts that he must have gone through to create that type of environment for, you know, us as kids. Yeah. Uh, and, and to always be positive. You know, the, the man was working three, three jobs and, uh, you know, it was, you know, some of it was fun, you know, when he was a bartender and he would take me to the bar and I'd get to hang at the end of the bar, eat the cherries out of the little thing. It was a different day and age when kids could just sit at the bar. But, uh, you know, it was just fun to watch him work, uh, to be around and, and to have that and, and absorb that work ethic. And I think a lot of my work ethic came from watching him. And then other stories. I mean, one of the things he really hammered home mm. very often was accountability uh, for for your actions in all respects. And that's another very big thing that I think is very important, something that I've always tried to do, you know, you know, good mm. or bad, you know, I'm accountable for the action decisions that I make. Wonderful. What great leadership lessons. I have to ask because it's not just a family, it's not just a, a masterclass in, in what he did for family, but I feel like there's a lot of leaders who myself included who go, wow, how do you have such a work ethic works so hard? And yet for the people most important to you in your case, um, you know, being, being his son, but also for, for us as leaders, the people most important to us in our teams, how can you still be present? Was there anything he did in particular, as you think back, just because I think there's a great leadership lesson in this, in how he was able to be present with you, even while he worked so hard and worked three jobs, does anything come to mind that, that really sort of in how he was able to be so present with you? 
I mean, I, I think the answer is in what you just said. He was just present. So I, I think that it's not a function of quantity, uh, but more a function of quality. And that sounds cliche, but I, I think that's the reality of it is that you know, when he was there, he was there and we were enjoying. And when he had the time, he was either engaging with me or he was the coach of my soccer team. Uh, or he was, we were doing something, even if it was just something simple as just being, you know, together and watching a movie. I mean, it's, 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 you're still present. So I think it's the quality of the time as opposed to just the quantity. And I think that's how he really did it. Yeah, that's so good. And it's something I've, it's actually presence has come up more than I expected on this podcast, to tell you the truth. I think there's a lot of leaders who've talked about great leaders in their lives or, or great people who've had a wonderful influence on them. And it tends to come up again and again and again. And I love what you said there, that it's like you said, yeah, it might sound cliched, but quality over quantity. And I think strategic. And as another guest, as one guest said to me, not strategic, more intentional. And I'm like, yeah, that's true. Like intentional presence, really picking those moments. And um, I've heard, I can't remember who it was, but one of them, a great idea that I that I came across and, and I can't uh, remember the source of where it originally came from. So if someone does let, let me know, but they're talking about the different forms of presence and, you know, there's the formal presence that where you're, uh, you know, giving a presentation to shareholders in the extreme example, like you're, that's formal, but there's, there's these different types of informal presence as a leader. And I just love that idea. I'd never heard it before when someone mentioned it to me and, this idea that, you know, as a leader, we don't have to always be present, but we need to be like, that's not possible, right? With everyone, but you can be really intentional and find quality ways to be present, whether it's in those formal moments or informal, like uh, I'm surprised at how often I'm chatting with leaders who are working on a, you know, on location with others and aren't in a virtual setting. And how often I find myself saying as advice, just get out of your office and, go and intentionally it doesn't have to be all day, but just moments, make intentional moments to go and just spend some time with different people that you don't normally run into through meetings in the calendar and just go and, and just walk through, walk the halls, walk the floors and, and walk around the organization and just go and spend some time with people. It's, it's underrated. Yeah, no, I, I, I fully agree. And actually in one of my uh, previous roles, uh, the, company I was working for had, we, we had put a coffee, little coffee shop in, in, in the office space that we just brought an external vendor and said, you know, set up shop here. We just want to have this, you know, some good coffee for, and a good space for people to just take their breaks and, and stand around. And we created this little coffee scene. And uh, the way I would utilize that is when I was in the office, because I wasn't there full time. It was one of the locations I would travel to. Uh, but when I was there, what I would do is I didn't, have a desk. I would either float or I'd go up and sit at the coffee bar and just open up my laptop and work and let folks come and just, you know, engage, just sit down, start to talk, mm. see how they're doing, you know, buy them a cup <laughs> of coffee, you know, things of that nature. But it was interesting because it would generate random conversations that would be uh, broad spectrum. Uh, but it allowed me to connect with people because we, we may be talking about work in some cases and others, they would come in, you know, pick my brain on, on yoga because I'm, I'm a yoga practitioner and for, former teacher. So a lot of cool. folks would hear that and they'd come and pick my brain on, on, you know, how I did yoga and, you know, how does it relate to work and 
you know, tell me about your kids. And so it, it just became this, this, when I was visiting this space that again, I was just sitting there. I wasn't really doing much. It just, that's where I sat to do my work. And, you know, everybody knew that if they wanted to, they could interrupt me. I'd close my laptop and we'd talk. It was you know, <laughs> a nice way to connect. I love that. And it reminds me of a framework from a psychiatrist here in Australia, Dr. John Warlow. He talks about this, this cure framework, C-U-R-E. And uh, it's for all relationships, but I, I use it a lot when I'm chatting with leaders. And uh, the thing that uh, cure stands for, you know, each letter represents a word and an E at the, at the bottom of the word, you know, C-U-R-E is engage. And all of, I'm always chatting with leaders. How do I get people to engage? I more engagement, need more engagement. People aren't enough. There's not enough engagement. And it's a very simple framework. Uh, obviously there's a lot of complexity to it in terms of his, but the, at, at the sort of shallow level, when you just initially look at it, it starts with like before the engagement, you have uh, responding and then understanding to so understand, respond, engage is where it really pushes through to. And there's no rocket science to that. It's, but the C at the start stands for connecting and connection. And basically what he's saying is anywhere you have an engagement challenge, there's often a lack of connection. And what I love about your story there is, when we think connection, we often think one hour coffee, catch up in depth, uh, checking in with people. And the truth is, whether it's at work or also in life, connection is built by just being together and spending time together. And those short conversations at the coffee machine um, or those little uh, check-ins where people are walking past, even, even when someone's just making a coffee and you're doing work next to them, and, and if you apply this in, in life, say in relationships, just being together and having that time where you're in the same room builds connection. And I've found that incredibly freeing and helpful for leaders to go, yes, you want to see engagement uh, go up. Of course, that's the goal. But let's start by looking at your connection. How well are you connecting with your team? Uh, you know, as a starting point, your, your executive team, what else could you do to connect better? Not doesn't need to be you know, crazy ideas, simple ways that you can connect. And that's why I love your story because that's what you were doing. Just sitting there on your laptop, closing laptop, having a conversation about yoga. It may not seem like a business win, but you're actually connecting. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it also, it, it's, it's also the, the honesty and the connection. So you need to be, you know, as a leader, my, my view is, is you have to be open and a little transparent with, with who you are. Uh, yes, you, you need to show that, look, I'm, I'm just a person just like you are. And just because I may have 10, 20, 30 years more experience than you do in the business world, doesn't really change the dynamic of we're two people communicating and I have a life, you have a life, you know, we need to be somewhat open about that. Cause the, the way to connect is to let people see a little bit of your humanity and, you know, it, I think it helps people to see their leaders not as infallible, but actually see them as, you know, fallible, you know, yes. human beings. And, you know, that type of open, honest, you know, transparent, you know, connection, I think helps move things forward when it then comes time to get down to, to the work. 100%. Forward. I couldn't agree more. I love, I love the way you unpacked that. So as we fast forward for you and, and you grew a bit older and, and so now you're, uh, you know, really starting to step into your career. 
what are some of those moments from then and even to more recent years uh, that have really shaped you as a leader and as a person as well? Any moments where, you know, <laughs> favorite failures where you really dropped the ball, but it really formed an important lesson or some moments where you saw another leader just, in, you know, an incredible way they led through something or uh, what comes to mind? I don't know that there are any big major events in my career that I can pinpoint and say that was like an aha, you know, major change. It was really a series of, of events. Uh, so, you know, if I, if I look through and, and do a kind of a five, five minute synopsis of my career, you know, I started as a CPA, uh, Coopers and Library when it was Coopers and Library. And I started that career saying, okay, I'm joining here and I'm going to become a partner. I'd say within like four months, I was like, oh, hell no, I can't stay here till partner. Like, this is just not, I don't enjoy this. I'm not liking this. Uh, so I, I stuck it out for a few years and then made a shift and went to a client and that one just didn't work out. They ended up like shutting the company down. So for me, it was a little bit of a shakeup. I'm like, geez, you know, I left Cooper's stable to go to this company and now it shuts down. And, you know, I had a little bit of a spin moment. Uh, early in my career. So I think that helped me take a step back and be maybe less impulsive in making changes because I kind of you know, got caught short on that one. Uh, sure. And then I went on to, to work for some bigger, more stable companies. I had a variety of, I had a variety of managers. And I think that that was what really helped a lot was seeing different styles, seeing what some folks did well, what some folks didn't do well uh, yeah you know, and really taking both the, the pros the cons but the most important was to to figure out what worked best for me you know not not to copy any one person and and that was probably a 10 to 15 year experience to get to a point where i felt i was finally starting to show up in a way that worked for me and not just copying it from somebody else Wow. So it, you know, that's, it was probably that long. And then, you know, that's <laughs> when I, that's when I hit, uh, you know, I started with a company called uh, EPAM systems, you know, at, at about 15 years in, and, and that was a kind of a skyrocketing of, of my career, both, both as a leader and just as a professional, because it was a, a dynamic company. I was there for 12 years, did a whole variety of things, learned a whole variety and really impacted a lot of people uh, and, and was impacted by a lot of people throughout that experience. So it, wow. It's, you know, your, your career is built day upon day upon day experience. Yeah, upon you're right. experience. Uh, you know, some, some may stand out, but really I think mine has been more a function of, you know, just a slow build. Absolutely. I love what you said about really finding, uh, hearing you say, you know, it probably took 10 to 15 years to really get comfortable in and, and really find your, uh, not voice, but like the sort of what you were saying was really find your, your mold with how you lead and how you do things. What advice would you give to leaders who are listening, who are um, earlier on the journey and uh, are really wanting to find that and maybe thinking, Oh, just, I feel like I've maybe been trying to lead like other people, but I really want to work out what, what does it look like for me to lead as who I am? Any advice you'd give? Yeah. I mean, I think the, the biggest piece of advice I give to 
anyone that asks me that is be willing to take some risks. I think part of being a leader is learning to take those risks, take, make some decisions, uh, get outside of where you're comfortable, yet remain accountable for everything you do. So you, you need to make sure what you're doing, you're prepared to stand behind, whether it goes wonderfully or it goes completely south. You know, but I think that in order to be a leader, one of the things you have to learn to do is, you know, take a risk because there's there's never a, or I should say, there's very rarely a very clear cut direction that you need to go as a leader. Whether you're giving somebody advice, whether you're making a decision in a work environment, you know, there's never full amount of information to tell you, yes, this is absolutely certainly the right decision or this is absolutely the right way somebody should go. So there's, there's always an element of, you know, following your gut and taking a jump and taking a risk. And I think that the folks that are willing to take those risks move down that path a little bit faster because you're gonna learn from your successes and your failures. And the only way to have those is to take some of those risks. Yeah, that's great. And I think, I think you're right. I think, um, I think you hit the nail on the head. Let's, uh, let's jump into Leadership Express. I've got some questions for you. Ready? Yep. What is a book that you've gifted to others? Uh, I, the, the only book I ever gifted to folks was a book called Accelerate. Uh, and it was talking about the agile methodology within tech and, mm. and the development methodology called agile. Uh, we, I yeah, gave it to right. a team because we were, we were trying to think about how to apply it in a particular situation. And that book resonated with me in, in both good and bad ways. Yeah. <laughs> great. Uh, thank you for that recommendation. Any, any great podcasts or books or uh, blogs, anything you're reading or watching or listening to at the moment? Oh, I probably do. I probably do too much <laughs> of that. Uh, I, I always enjoy um uh, the sam harris podcasts uh they're, they're the ones i tend to gravitate to uh, i don't know if you're familiar with sam harris uh, but i enjoy him oh uh, no i'm book, not that's great thank you for that yeah sorry keep going but book wise i i usually have several going uh you know from an entertainment perspective i'm i'm going through the asimov books so i just finished foundation series probably jumping over to the robot series that's my uh the the when I need to relax, I go into yeah. my sci-fi mode. Uh, reading, reading some economics books. So, you know, uh, fair trade outsourcing is based on development economics. That's that's one of the underpinnings of the business. So I'm reading right now, Poor Economics, uh, The End of Poverty, and, and a few other books that are dealing with, you know, the economics of poverty. And then lastly, you know, back on my yoga practice, there's a book called Search Inside Yourself that I'm reading. Uh, mindfulness uh concepts thinking about how you bring that into work environments and things of that nature so th those are the ones that i'm focused on right now yeah wonderful thank you for those recommendations do you have any questions that you tend to use a lot when you're meeting one-on-one -on -one or uh in a team any any favorite questions favorite questions related to what how to get to know somebody or are you talking interviews what what specifically do you mean? Yeah, uh, I mean, um, generally, so uh, let, let's, let me make it specific. Say you're in a one-on-one -on -one with someone you're leading. Do you have any questions that you'll tend to ask in a, 
in a regular catch up when you're in a one-on-one with one of your team? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the one that I've gravitated, gravitated to more and more is basically just how are you? Uh, very, very open-ended, uh, give them a chance to talk uh, and express, you know, how they are personally, professionally, and just give them an opportunity to, to talk freely uh, and, you know, have me listen. Uh, outside of that, you know, it's, it gets to be more typical one-on-ones, you know, what went right, what went wrong, uh, you know, where do you need support, things of that nature. Yeah, excellent. Uh, what's a recent leadership lesson you learned for the first time or being reminded of? Oh, that's a tough one. <laughs> so I, I think I think it actually comes the, the one is actually one that I just mentioned before when we talk about risks. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no such thing as as you know full information. Uh, you know, so I, I did find myself spinning recently, looking and pushing my team to get a certain amount of information for, for a decision we had to make. And I had to take a step back and say, you know, listen to myself, like, stop, what are you doing? You know, mm. back, pull back. <laughs> yeah, I love that because it's, it's actually very counterintuitive. And when you are leading or in your individual contributor, or even in a smaller uh, context, you can really do, you can really feel like you're getting your head around uh, all of the details sometimes, but then there'll definitely be occasions, particularly when you're in a, a larger sort of leadership role where you, you can't. And I really love what Patrick Lencioni talks about, which is particularly for teams and decision-making and for leaders to, to make great decisions that certainty isn't the goal. Like we need to let go of being certain. Instead, we need to really, that's why I call uh, my, that's why I call my company clarity because I love his, his work about clarity so much. Uh, Because if you can get clear, if we can at least get clear and aligned and even as a team, even look around and say, I know some of you disagree with this. And I think I'm probably 70% sure. And so let's be really clear. This is what we're going to do. We're going to commit to it. We're going to give it a red hot go and, and see what happens. I feel like there's more wisdom in that than sometimes trying to go on this endless search to get to a hundred percent certainty when uh, it's just not possible. Yeah, no, I fully agree. I mean, the, the, the 80, 20 rules is a real thing uh, mm. and something you have to find and, you know, being an accountant by by background and trade, sometimes the accountant in me comes out and I start looking for, you know, everything to reconcile and balance. And that's sometimes, <laughs> shape you know, not everything, is, not everything is a trial balance. Not everything is a general ledger. Like it doesn't have to. In the, in the world, things are not quite that clean. So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's good. Leadership and accounting. How the, I'm sure there's a lot you've learned from accounting that applies in leadership, but that's a great one to, uh, to be aware of because I, I love um maths as well and so i definitely find that some of those things that don't necessarily add up uh but you really uh you know have a strong sort of sense about something or there's there's a great um there are other great reasons to do it then it's good to trust your trust your gut uh really work with the team and find out what you can but then make a decision and take a risk it's uh, it's good okay a movie or tv show that really impacted you Well, I'm going to let the nerd out, but, you know, frankly, Star Wars, the original was, yes. the, first, was the first movie I ever saw in the theaters, saw it with my father. Uh, and it has, no way it has. Yeah. Back in, you know, that's back incredible. In the 70s. What a first movie. Everything must have been downhill from there in terms of yeah, movies and theaters. 
<laughs> exactly right uh, even even some of the other star wars movies to be honest yeah <laughs> but it, oh. it's just you know it, it turned me into a a kind of all-out star wars nerd even today and uh you know it's just i don't know it just always was one of those things it was it was just a memory and you know just impacted you know me for my life i just you know yoda even though he wasn't in the first movie uh mm. yoda became one of my favorite you know characters uh, ever uh, i'm granted he didn't come in until 1980s with the the empire strikes back but still you gotta love the star wars franchise and you just love some of the things that came out of it so. yeah he's he's a great character one of my favorite things i learned recently about star wars is um i didn't realize that george lucas actually part of his inspiration for writing the scripts and, and, and structuring Star Wars was based on, I can't remember the name of the, of the author, but there's this author who had done this work on uh, the, a hero with a thousand faces or the hero's journey. Um, it's one of those two, one's the original and one's, you know, someone took it anyway, that they had basically studied stories from history and in all different cultures and and their argument was no matter where you go in the world no matter what language they're speaking this is how their stories flow and uh they sort of unpacked it and that structure uh, i learned recently you know from uh, i think i was reading about it in a book by a guy named russell brunson he talks about it as part of a marketing book because he talks a lot about how we can use stories to engage uh prospects and and customers and um I just, I just never knew that. And, and he was saying in the, in the book that George Lucas uh, used this framework, you know, to, as a sort of, that was where he got his idea for how to structure a story. And then this guy who wrote the original book had never watched any of the star Wars movies amazingly uh, somehow, but he and George Lucas finally connected because he found out that it was, you know, he had reached out to him saying your work really inspired me. And they ended up watching, um, the uh, the star wars the first yeah that those three star wars movies together um at one point i actually watched it together and and i just thought that was so incredible because they're, they're it's an amazing story but i found that really uh helpful to realize oh wow there is actually a structure like it's art obviously but there's also a science to that storytelling as well which um which any of us can sort of use uh, we may not be making our own universe up, but we can use it to tell the founding story or to unpack, um, you know, to really structure the way we engage um, our prospects, which is what that book I was talking about is. Uh, so that's uh, that's something that I've stumbled upon, uh, stumbled upon recently that I found uh, really interesting about George Lucas. Oh, I'll have to do some research on that one. I'd probably love to read that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's talked about in, it's Russell Brunson who, talks about this story in his book expert secrets uh, which is all about storytelling and he he talks in depth about this he actually tells this whole story in the book so if anyone wants to find that author and it's either the hero with a thousand faces or the hero's journey um yeah he talks about it there and, and you could actually find that book and that'd be cool you could actually read the book that george lucas read that inspired him to sort of structure star wars the way he did which if you love star wars that's a that's a good recommendation well, it's just been jotted down onto my reading list. So. Yeah. Fantastic. Okay, last question. And this has been so much fun. And I love chatting leadership and uh, hearing about your story growing up and then talking about Star Wars. Like that's um, that's why I love doing the podcast because it's so 
we talk about really important, significant things, but at the end of the day, leaders are, are people and we all have our favorite um, favorite things. So this has been so much fun. A, uh, what, what is a, I guess, one piece of advice, if you could only give one piece of leadership advice to a young leader, what would you say to them? If you're going to be a leader, you need to truly authentically care for the people that you're leading. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to show up. Yeah, that's great advice. I couldn't say that better. I think there's not much that's more important than that. So that's uh, very well said. Well, for those who have just loved today and really enjoyed uh, finding out a bit more about you and might want to connect or find out about um, your, your organizations as well, what's the best way for people to find you online, Anthony? Uh, well, I am on LinkedIn is probably the best place to connect with me. Uh, you can also uh, hit me. I have a number of emails, but uh, you can do anthony.conti at Fairtrade Outsourcing uh, or anthony.conti at Lumiqualis. Uh, those are my best ways to get a hold of me. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I want to thank our listeners for tuning in. Uh, such a fun episode today and just wonderful stories and wonderful principles of leadership, really rich, actually, just uh, some great conversation. And um, don't forget for our listeners, I also have the John O'White Leadership Podcast, where you can listen to tips on well-being and how do you build a high-performance team and uh, what do you do, how do you structure an offsite, things like that. And the Leadership Question of the Day podcast, where I give you a different question every day to put a stone in your shoe and challenge you as a leader. But I want to finish today by saying a massive thank you to Anthony for being so generous, uh, so vulnerable, and just sharing wonderful stories from your life and wonderful leadership principles as well. It's been, it's been a, a great time. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you, John. I've enjoyed it very much. I appreciate the time. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode of the Leadership Conversations podcast as much as I did. If you're joining us for the first time, don't forget to check out consultclarity.org. That's our website, consultclarity.org. We have so many free resources on there, including our seven questions on leadership series. We've had more than 1,500 leaders from all over the world in all different roles, in different industries, answer these seven questions on leadership and leaders give these in-depth answers around how they spend their time, uh, a book that's been significant for them. It's just a gold mine. It's completely free to access. So go to consultclarity.org and look for that. We'd also love to interview you about your leadership. I believe your experience, your life, your context means that you have advice on leadership that other leaders can learn from. Yes, you, if you're going, not me. Well, no, I really believe you would have something to add. So if you're looking for a way to give back, it's completely free to get involved. And we would love to interview you through the seven questions on leadership. You just go to consultclarity.org forward slash seven dash questions dash interest or Google consultclarity.org seven questions interest and fill out the form and get involved. We have a free resource on our website called the Leadership Survival Guide. It's a 57-page ebook, 10 world-class leaders giving their thoughts on leadership, and that's completely free. It's available on our homepage, consultclarity.org, right at the top. So make sure you go and get that and download it today. And we have a free daily email that you can subscribe to. We send this out to over 15,000 leaders from around the world. 
and uh, it contains the highlights of content from our podcasts, our blogs, um, our books, books we're reading. It's got the best content and it gives you exclusive, limited, early access to our masterclasses, workshops, new products, special offers. It's all for our subscribers. You can go to consultclarity.org forward slash subscribe and join 15,000 other leaders. And you know, my gift to you is to work really hard, particularly through the Leadership Conversations podcast. I have been blown away by the quality of the leaders and I'm learning as much as anyone in doing these interviews. So I'm having a great time. And my gift to you is to keep lining up the best leaders I can to invest in your leadership. Your gift to me, if you're finding this helpful, there is something that you could do that would help us out massively. And that is to write a review and to leave a rating for our podcast or wherever you're watching or listening to this. I can't tell you how much that helps us out. Also subscribe or follow. It really does make a difference in helping us to help more leaders become everything they're meant to be. Another thing that means a lot to me personally is when I see our community share our content. So if you do share this or any other piece of content on social media, then thank you and and please do that. And look for me, John O'White, or Clarity and tag us in your post. Our team is always looking for posts to engage with from our community. And there's also a chance that we'll share your content uh, to go beyond and share it with our followers. Last of all, you can check out my book. It's called Step Up or Step Out, How to Deal with Difficult People Even If You Hate Conflict. I wrote this book because 50% of the coaching sessions I have with leaders, this topic comes up again and again and again. And it's this idea of how do I have this difficult conversation? How do I lead this person better when I'm finding them difficult? Or in some cases you look and you say, I think I might be leading a difficult person. They're just quite difficult to lead or I'm finding them quite difficult to lead. So there's a three-step process that I unpack in step up or step out. And the amazing thing, and I've literally done this myself and I've heard it anecdotally from other leaders as I've coached them, is that if you follow this process, you will see that person step up and change their behavior or make a decision, which is to step out some of the time. Uh, 95% of the time, people will step up or step out in just four weeks. And I stand by that. It's uh, You have to read the book to understand, but uh, I really do believe in it and I've experienced it firsthand. It works. So you can go to Amazon, look up Step Up or Step Out John O'White or store.consultclarity.org forward slash book. Well, thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back with a new episode next time of the Leadership Conversations podcast. And I hope today has helped you to take another step towards becoming the leader you're meant to be. See you next time.